effort. There's enough of that going on out there. So we learned last week, and I'm going to go ahead and open in prayer. Father, I thank you and praise you. Glorify your holy name for the privilege that I have to teach this morning. I thank you that this seed, this word falls on good ground, good soil, and that it will bring forth a mighty harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we look at Paul and we look at the early church and we see that the church of today does not operate and perform like they did in those days, which is sad. And I think that the reason why we're seeing so much go on in our nation is because the Christians, I know this, have not risen up to the place that God's called us to be. We are the ones that have authority here on this earth, church. We are the ones that speak forth the word of God and should see changes done and made. But if we have this attitude of, oh, well, I'm only one person. There are many, only one persons in the Bible that change many lives. Amen? Amen. So God has already spoken over you before the very foundations of the earth. He's spoken things over you that you are to accomplish while you're here. So accomplish it. Amen? I'm going to give you a few scriptures that we gave the last week just to bring us back up. How does God want us to respond when we've been exposed to an evil report? In Psalms 101.5, who so privately slandereth his neighbor, him I will cut off. So if you slander your neighbor, you're going to be cut off. That's pretty heavy. Um, Ephesians 5.10-12. through 12, Proving was acceptable unto God, and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done in secret. So you must be very careful what you're speaking about in your homes and to one another. Those things that are done in darkness, we're not to even partake in that. Amen? Romans six seventeen. Now I beseech you, brethren, this is a good one, mark them that cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have heard and avoid them. That's pretty heavy. You know, remember Paul called out names. And then in Thessalonians 3, 6 through 7 and 14, now we commend you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the traditions which he received of us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we have behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. And if any man, verse 14, obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. That is very harsh and hard, but why did Paul say that? Why did he say these things? So you would not be sucked down and taken down with others, amen? Because he knew there would become a great falling away, especially in the last time. So we have been warned. We've been spoken to. We don't want to be exposed to these things. People that, that slander and give evil reports. They're going to pull you down with them. And God says we're to think on whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on them. Philippians chapter 4. Amen. So there's six ways to detect a carrier of an evil report. Number one, a carrier will usually test your spirit before giving you an evil report. Any evidence of a compatible spirit in you will encourage him to give you the report. Okay? Two, a carrier will usually check for your acceptance of his report before giving it to you. He may do this by asking of your opinion about a person or dropping a negative comment and observing your response to it. Three, a carrier will often get you to ask for the evil report by creating curiosity for it. You know, we're all curious. How many know that? 
I hate to say this, but our carnal person likes to hear gossip. That's our old carnal man. We sh that should not be a part of us. Some starters are, have you heard about the person? Wait till I tell you about that person. For a carrier may contaminate, be con may contaminate an evil report by asking for counsel, by sharing a concern for the person involved, or they come across in prayer requests. Amen? Five, a carrier may use evil reports to get you to admire him or her because of being on the inside and having access to privileged information. Six, a carrier is usually one who invokes vivid details of evil and will even search them out. God condemns such detec detectives of darkness whose tongue is like sharp swords. Amen. How to detect an evil report. Five questions to ask before listening to the carrier. Believe me, I've done this. What is, number one, what is your reason for telling me this? Widening the circle of gossip only compounds the problem. Number two, where did you get your information? Refusing to identify the source of information is a sure sign of an evil report. Well, I don't want to tell you that. Well, then I don't want to hear it. Three, have you, you asked them, have you gone directly to those involved? Let's look at Galatians 6, 1. Pastor and I have worked very hard to keep that out of this church because of the church we were born again in, it was rampant. <clears throat> Spirituality is not measured by how well we expose an offender, but how effectively we restore an offender. Ephesians, um, or Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin, many sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit, should set him right and restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority and with all gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. I like this part. Keeping an eye on yourself lest you should be tempted also. Amen? Number four, you ask, have you personally checked out all the facts? Even facts get distorted when not balanced with other facts or when given with negative motives. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. I'll use um, the churches giving and tithing because we give to many ministries and we need to have a list so you understand what ministries we give to because you're going to receive part of their ministry blessings but it's pastor and I have to make sure that every ministry that we're giving to still believes what we believe, that they've not gotten off. And why? For your sake, for our sake. Because God's money, you know, there's a great responsibility that we have for God's money, each one of us. Everything we own is God's. How many understand that? Everything you own, everything I have is God's. And so... Have you personally checked out all the facts? Even facts get disordered. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. 
Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Five, this is a good one. Can I quote you if I check this out? Those who give evil reports often claim they are misquoted. This is because their words are an overriding impression are reports. Number three, defilement. When a person becomes defiled by an evil report. So there's stages in this. I'm going to go back to number one, back here in my notes. Travel back here quite a ways. We're getting through this a lot quicker than I thought we would. Stages of defilement, ignorance, exposure, contamination, infection, and disease. Okay, here's the first page. I want the second page. The Bible lists four kinds of people who give evil reports. A whisperer, one who magnifies or privately passes or evil reports to others. A gossip, one who magnifies and sensationalizes rumors and partial information. A slanderer is one who seeks to destroy another's credibility or reputation with damaging facts, distortions of facts, or evil suspicions. A busybody is one who digs up evil reports that makes it his business to spread them by the means of gossip, slander, or whispering. Such an action is a great sin, as, as great a sin as murder or stealing. It is classified with these by God who warns, let none of you suffer as a murderer or as an evil or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other man's ma matters. Whoa. Amen. So, does anybody have written down where one is so I don't have to dig around for this? Number two was exposure. Pardon? That's it. Okay. Now we're into number three, defilement. Look at Proverbs 26, 22. This is what happens when you have a person, a talebearer coming to you. Proverbs 26, 22. The words of a whisper or slander are like dainty morsels or words of sport to some but to others are like deadly wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the body or the victim's nature. You know, the words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. I don't want any part of that. Amen. Defilement is receiving an evil report from another person and believing it is true. In the same way that touching a diseased person will defile one's hands, listening to an evil report will defile one's mind. It is a reality which must be proud, properly dealt with. In Hebrews 12, 15, let's look at that. I thank God that we have a book before us that tells us how to live every aspect of our life. Amen? Every aspect of our life. So that no one can stand before God and say, well, I didn't know that. 
Hebrews 12:15. In the same way that touching a diseased person would defile one's hands, listening to evil reports would defile one's mind. It is a reality which must be properly dealt with. In 12:15, it says, looking diligently lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and therefore many be defiled. It says in the Amplified, exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another, to see that no one falls back and from the from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor, and spiritual blessing, in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and the many become contaminated and defiled by it. So this, an evil report can bring all this up. You know, I've seen situations where people are upset with someone and they go to another person and they get you all upset because, you know, they've made you feel bad for them and then all of a sudden they're just fine, but you're hanging on to this, this thing that you've heard because it's gotten down and caused bitterness in you. It's not worth it. This is why this is something that we need to stay away from now, in this hour, because we don't want anything defiling us. Amen? So it says, exercise foresight and be on watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment and the many become contaminated and defiled by it. This will cause bitter torment. Torment in a person's mind. Have you ever seen a person that is extremely bitter how tormented they are? It's a horrible torment. They're bitter, resentful. They don't look pretty anymore. <laughs> you know, and you ever, how many have ever seen a bitter old woman? There's, not, there's nothing sadder. They got wrinkles. They're not happy. I mean, have, it's not worth, stay away from it. Amen. Defilement is receiving an evil report from another person and believing that it's true. A classic illustration of many listening to an evil report is 2 Samuel 15. Hang on. That's the way I had this. I had Pastor staple it on one side of the paper. Okay. 2 Samuel 15, and let's turn to verse 1. Now, this is the son of the king. You know, really, if you're going to trust anybody, you really desire to trust those in your household. Amen? But many times, it is those in your household that bring more trouble. Hey, can you turn this heater behind me off? Praise God. So we see in, in, abs, uh, in chapter 15, verse 1, that Absalom used an innocent-sounding evil report to steal the hearts of almost any, an to steal the hearts of an entire nation and lead it in revolt against his own father, King David. The report emphasized his concern for the, for the suffering people, his deep desire that injustice, injustice, a deep desire that justice be done 
and his ability to be a better administrator than his father. Actually, Absalom was bitter because his father did not bring judgment to Absalom's half-brother for immorality, so he took matters into his own hands and was rejected for it. You know, when you look at it, you, you know, when you read about this, you look at it and you think, well, it's true, David did nothing about his daughter that was raped and defiled. And that was Absalom's sister. And it was his, his half-brother that had done this. And it was a mess. You know, David did not know how to raise up a family. I hate to say this. Many in the Old Testament did not. Did not. He was too busy in many, in many areas. The thing with Bathsheba really got him messed up in many ways. But let's go on and look at this. In verse 1, it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had con con controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called upon him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, oh, that I may be made judge into the land, and that every man which hath any suit or cause may come unto me. You see this many times in churches. Someone will, will become bitter and angry at the pastor. You heard John Bevere, I believe it was last Wednesday, talk about for six months the pastor had done something that had upset him. He could no longer, he'd come to church and wouldn't receive anything out of the messages. And he was on staff and he told his wife, I'm not, I don't get anything out of this and whatever. And he went on and was bitter for six months. And so finally, God showed him that he, how bitter he was and he repented and he said the very next Sunday, he went in and had a completely different attitude and began to receive from his pastor again. So we see here that he says here, Absalom said, moreover, oh, that I may be made judge into the land and that every man which hath the suit or cause might come unto me and I would do him justice. In other words, what he was saying was, my dad's not doing justice to any of you. Amen? There's a lot of times there's ways to do this. One way that I have found that, that happens in churches, there'll be a person that will say, well, they'll start digging at the path. You know, I'm going to tell you, People in the fivefold ministry have human parts to them. We don't have, we're not saints. We haven't received our angel wings or anything. And so we'd like to be perfect. We strive to be perfect. It's not any pastor's desire to, um, you know, cause any hurt. I've had people get mad at me because I was busy and my mind was on what God was telling me and I didn't look at them and smile. And they got upset. And so let's just look at this a little bit. They don't get upset at pastor too much. He's had people get upset with him. But oh, we'll go on. I'm not going to go into that part there. It's no sense. So let's go on and see this. And, and it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do obstinance, he put his hand, he put forth his hand, he took him and kissed him. So Absalom, Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Let's look at this. I'm going to read it in 2 Samuel 15, 1 through 6 in the Amplified. 
the king's son. After this, Absalom's got a chariot and horses, and 50 men run before him, and he rose up early and stood beside the gateway. And when any man who had a controversy came to the king of the, uh, for judgment, Absalom called to him, Of what city are you? And he would say, Your servant is of such and such tribe of Israel. Absalom then would say, Your claims are good and right. But there is no man appointed to, as the king's agent to hear you. Absalom added, Oh, that I may be judged in the land, that every man may do suit or cause might, suit or cause might come to me, that I would do him justice. And whenever a man came near to the obedience, to the obedience to him, he would put out his hand, take hold of him, and kiss him. Thus Absalom did to all Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And you would think that David was wondering, why aren't people coming to me anymore? Right? Number one, he gathered and organized a group that would be loyal to him rather than to the one he served. Two, he was energetic and disciplined. Three, he made himself available to the people. Four, he sought out those who had grievances. He sought out those who had grievances. Do you remember what Judas did? How did Judas greet Jesus? Anybody remember? How? The kiss. He had personal interest in people. He tucked up the offenses of those who had been hurt. That was six. Seven, he alienated people from their authority by giving an evil report about their leadership. Eight, this is, if you are a manager at work, if you're in any type of authority at work, if you own your business, Get these and get them down right. Because this, these are the steps that people will take. Okay? So he wants me to do step one. They will gather and organize a group that would be loyal to him rather than to the one whom he served. Two, he was energetic and disciplined. Three, he made himself available to the people. Four, he sought out those who had grievances. Five, he was busy. Five, he had personal interest in people. Six, he took up offenses to those of those who had been hurt. Seven, he alienated people from their authority by giving an evil report about their leadership. Eight, he offered to be the representative to make sure things were done right. Nine, he would use his new position to increase his loyal following. Ten, he desired acceptance and recognition as well as authority. He desired accept acceptance and recognition as well as authority. 11, he carried out a tragic takeover of the nation and helped with the help of those who were defiled and infected with an evil report. He took his time at this. He chipped away little by little. That's how the enemy is. He chips away little by little by little. This brought turmoil to Israel and David, brought about uncertainty in every area. Boy, did it ever. All right, number four, infection. 
Number three was what again? Pardon? Defilement. Here comes infection. Proverbs 14, 15. It's one thing to be infected, but it's the other thing to be the one that's doing the infecting. Remember Korah and his group? Moses just stood back and said, get out of the way, because here it comes. And a big hole opened up and sucked them all down. If we saw some hole openings and sucking downs in this hour, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Or people out on the lawn eating grass. <laughs> I've been waiting. Okay. Infection, Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believe every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. I like the way the Amplified puts it. The simpleton believes every word he hears. So a simple man believes every word he hears. He doesn't check it out. Don't make me laugh. But the prudent man looks and considers well where he is going. I like the next verse is a good one. A wise man suspects danger and cautiously avoids evil. But the fool bears himself insolently and is presumably confident. Hmm. Interesting. Proverbs 26, 21. You know, I've had people come to me before and say, I don't have any friends and there's something wrong. Well, the bottom line was that they were, a, they were a person that liked to spread evil reports and no one wanted any part of it. This is years ago. It's kind of, I, just, I don't want any part of this and I'm staying away from it. Proverbs 26, 21. As coals are to, are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Wow. I'm going to read it in the um, 26, 21. As, call, are, as coals are to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a coal quarrelsome man to inflame strife in the um, King James hang on in verse 21 well, pretty much says the same thing okay if infection is responding to an evil report with human reasoning infection is responding to an evil report with human reasoning and emotions rather than with spiritual understanding and genuine love. I'm going to say this again. Infection is responding to an evil report with human reasoning and emotions rather than with spiritual understanding and genuine love. In Proverbs 17, 4. An evil doer gives heed to wicked lips, and a liar listens to a mischievous tongue. Whoa, that's heavy. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. That's heavy. If the defilement of an evil report is not cleansed, like we saw John Bevere talked about this, wrong attitudes, 
opinions, conclusions, and actions will follow even towards very close friends if it is not dealt with. If the defilement of an evil report is not cleansed, wrong attitudes, opinions, conclusions, and actions will follow even towards very close friends and family. It's very, it can run in families also. Proverbs 16, 28. A whisperer separateth chief friends. Seven symptoms of infection. Are you ready? This is symptoms if you've been infected. Number one, believing the evil report is true. Number two, forming negative opinions based on the report. Number three, focusing on negative aspects of the person involved. So in other words, you focus yourself on negative aspects of the person involved. Number four, interpreting the person's words and actions such as supporting evidence. Number five, judging motives on the basis of the evil report. Number six, backing away from the person in your spirit. Number seven is telling the evil report to others. Do I need to go over them again? Anybody want me to go over them again? Okay. If you're infection, infected, these are seven symptoms. One, believing the evil report is true. Believing the evil report is true. Two, Forming negative opinions based on the report. Forming negative opinions based on the report. Three, focusing on negative aspects of the person involved. Instead, and you know, you used to think of that person in a positive way, and all of a sudden, you almost look to see if that person has these problems. Focusing on negative aspects of the person involved. Four, interpreting the person's words and actions as supporting evidence. So you're interpreting the person's words and actions as supporting evidence. Five, judging motives on the basis of the evil report. Judging motives on the basis of evil report. Six, backing away from the person in your spirit. backing away from the person in your spirit, and seven, telling the evil report to others. And they pretty much go in this order, telling the evil report to others. Number five, diseased. Disease is being mentally and emotionally controlled by the evil report. So you're being mentally and emotionally controlled by the evil report. And by the destructive spirit 
of the one who gave it to you. It's a spirit. Okay? Disease is being mentally and emotionally controlled by the evil report and by the destructive spirit of the one who gave it to you. Leviticus 19.16 pretty heavy and I hate to say this when people get into this heavy they become emotionally unstable even to the point where they really begin to think these things are really true Leviticus 19 16. You know, if someone comes to you and tells you more than one person, you're wrong. Kind of, you know, kind of think about this. You know, if one person comes, pray about it. If, if more than one comes, you need to really take fast and pray about it. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among the people. That's heavy. You shall not go up and down as a talebearer among the people. And if you think that men aren't, do not get caught up in this, some of the worst gossips that I have ever seen in my life are men say, well, you don't like men. Yes, I do like men. I'd rather work with men than women. But when a man becomes a gossip or a talebearer or whatever, they're worse than women. Okay? You shall not go up and down as a despiser or as a disperser of gossip and scandal among your people. Nor shall you Secure yourself by false testimony or by silence and endanger the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. This is heavy. You know, you can be sued for slander. Proverbs 26, 24, and 25. He who hates pretends with his lips but stores up deceit within, within himself. This is, this is heavy, okay? It says in the um, King James in verse 24, He that hateth disassembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within himself. When he speaketh fair, believe him not. For there are seven abominations in his heart. Whoa. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. He who hates pretends with his lips, but stores up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not trust him, for seven abominations are in his heart. Wow. What are the seven abominations that are in his part? Let's look at Proverbs 6. I have had to, I have had to stop friendships over this. I'm just, I'm not a garbage can. I don't want to be a garbage can, and I'm not going to be a garbage can. Okay? Proverbs 6, these six things the Lord hates, indeed seven are an abomination to him, a proud look. The spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. A lying tongue. We know what the Bible says about liars. They have their place in hell. 
and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans and feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies even under oath and he who sows discord amongst his brethren. It's pretty heavy. He that disassembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within his heart, when he speaketh fair, believe him not. For there are seven abominations in his heart. This is what happens when a person becomes dis diseased. They open up their heart to these seven things. They are tormented. They literally can become tormented by the person that they believe has affected them or offended them and it can eat them alive with bitterness. Not worth it. Get away from me. A diseased Christian has grieved and quenched the Holy Spirit by taking up the offenses of others, making them his own and adding to it his outlook and criticism. I'm going to read it again. A diseased Christian has grieved and quenched the Holy Spirit by taking up the offenses of others, making them his own and adding to it his outlook and criticism. Wow. Symptoms of disease. I hope you're getting this. Any of you that think you're going to be family counselors, you may as well learn this and learn it real well right now because you're going to have two people normal and you're going to have two different stories. And you're going to have to be able to discern. Okay? Symptoms of disease. Developing bitterness or rebellion even though the person involved did not directly offend you. They didn't offend you. Some other person is offended, but all of a sudden, you're the one that becomes offended, like I said, and usually that person isn't any longer, but it's born into your heart. All right, symptoms of disease. Number one, developing bitterness and or rebellion, even though the person involved did not directly offend you. Two, setting ourselves up as the judge in matters which, is, which are God's responsibility and recruiting others to our side. Setting up ourselves up as the judge in matters which are God's responsibility and recruiting others to our side. I'm going to give you a good one on that and let's turn to Numbers chapter 12. Where in the world these two ever decided to do this was beyond me. Are you kidding? Now, Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Now Miriam and Aaron talked against Moses. Their brother the leader, because of his Cushite wife, for he married a Cushite or an Ethiopian woman. So they decided, we don't like her, we're going to talk about him. And they said, they, they, they went so far as to think that God spoke to them as much as he spoke to Moses. This happens a lot in churches and whatever. Not here, though. Thank God. You are good sheep. Say that I'm a good sheep. <laughs> you got anything to say? Come to Pastor and I. All right. All right. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, gentle, kind, and humble 
are above all the men on the face of the earth. What a compliment. Above all the men on the face of the earth. Number, uh, verse 4, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting, and the three of them came out. I think they thought that they were finally going to get to meet the Lord. <laughs> the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the tent door and called Aaron and Miriam, and they came forward. And he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision and speak to him in a dream, but not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth directly, clearly, and not in dark speeches, and he beholds the form of, my, the, form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And while the cloud departed over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron looked at Miriam and said, Behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, O oh my Lord, I plead with you, lay not the sin upon us in which we have done foolishly, and in which we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, already half decomposed, when he comes out of his mother's womb. She must have really been leprous. Seriously, I mean, she must have really been something to look at. And the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, she should not be ashamed for seven should she not be ashamed for seven days? Let her be shut up outside the camp for seven days, and after that let her be brought in again. So Miriam was shut up without camp the camp for seven days, and the people did not journey on until Miriam was brought in again. Afterwards they removed from Hezroth and they moved on. She held up the whole camp for seven days because of her big fat mouth and what was in her heart. Think of this. That's heavy. Number three. Two was setting ourselves up as judge in matters which are God's responsibility and recruiting others to our side. You know, when Moses did wrong, God dealt with him. And he didn't go over to the promised land. So, you know, touching God's anointed is not something you want to be playing around with. Searching out evil reports and using them, number three, to give worst possible impressions, Proverbs 16, 27. A worthless man deviseth and digs up mischief, and in his lips there is a scorching fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisper separates close friends. Wow. So, searching out evil reports and using them to give worst possible impressions. Number four, believing that such actions are actually accomplishing God's will rather than realize that we give non-Christians occasion to blaspheme God's name because of our lack of genuine love. And we see a lot of that in the day we live in right now. You are not the judge. Jesus said, I did not come to judge the people, but to save them. First Corinthians six, five through eight. 
the God, God gives specific instructions on how ministers are to deal with people. And trust me, you walk very, very cautiously if you're ever called to have to do that. Did you know that you will stand before God and give an account? 1 Corinthians 6, 5 through 8. Hang on here a minute. I speak to your shame. Okay. I say this to move you to shame. Can it be that they really that there really is not one man among you who in action is governed by piety and integrity and is wise and competent enough to decide the private grievances, disputes, and quarrels between members of the brotherhood. This is heavy. <laughs> and that before the unbelievers now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among ye who do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren that's heavy. 6, 5 through 8. I say this to move you to shame. Can it be that there really is not one among you who in action is governed by piety and integrity and is wise and competent enough to decide the private grievances, disputes, and quarrels between members of the brotherhood? But brother goes to law against brother and that before Gentile judges who are unbelievers without faith or trust in the gospel of Christ. Boy, that's the truth. Why that? Why the very fact of your having lawsuits with one another at all is a defect, a defeat of evidence of positive moral loss for you. Would not rather let yourself suffer wrong and be deprived of what is your due? Why not rather be cheated, defrauded, and robbed? But you instead, but instead it is you yourself who wrong and defraud, and that even your own brethren by treating them. And then he goes on, there's more. Often we do not act on information when we should do so because the defilement or infection hinders God's grace in us. Hebrews 12, 15 again. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Praise you, Jesus. You will all be getting, when we're finished, notes of this. Somebody's going to be doing a lot of work on the copy machine. <laughs> Anybody want to offer to do this? Pastor's thinking, are you kidding? Next week, don't miss it. I'm looking at who's here and who's going to get notes. I have a good sharp mind. I'm 70 and I plan on having this sharp mind until Jesus comes or I go home. Amen. So next week is how to cleanse our minds from an evil report. How to get rid of it. Hallelujah, once and for all, and not let it come back, amen. And there's a lot of scriptures that don't miss next week because it will set you free. We only have two more pages. 
Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Go ahead. Pardon? You will? I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'll have Pastor get them to you Wednesday night. How's that? Or next Sunday. Next Sunday probably I'll, he'll have them all together. And um, maybe we'll have them here Sunday morning. That way you can go through it with me. Because we can't have this stuff rolling around in our mind. I'm going to tell you, you just, there's no, our minds, our minds should be for Jesus. Not for all this junk that the enemy tries to put there. And the reason why some people are having problems in their minds today are because they have not cleansed their mind from an evil report. Now, I will finish this if you want me to today. It's up to you. He doesn't want me to. Anybody want me to? You say no. Are you the knower? I'm the knower. Okay, then I won't do it. We had yeses, noes, whatever, but he's a nayer. He's got to get home, I guess. No, it's. I think you need to have it in front of you next Sunday because we're going to get free to this. So I'm going to ask you all to do something. Prepare yourself for next Sunday. Prepare yourself for next Sunday. Huh? You one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I know exactly how many, and I'll give it to you. Plus, whoever's in the nursery. Everybody has to have their own copy on this because you don't want to be looking on your mate's copy on what they write. It might be about you. What about the gossip? Gossip in the church. You want to tell about the gossip in the church? No. Oh no, I don't. I don't remember it. Do you? Here, I'll let you tell it. One of my dear friends puts on the best stuff on her Facebook page. I don't know where she gets it all. You just smashed my beautiful hair. I'm not going to get it for Okay, this is, this is how we, to counterdict a gossip. There's a church. Can you hear him? I've got the mic. There's a church that they had a leading gossip. I mean, she gossiped about everybody. And everybody was so f fearful of her because she would just incite a riot against whoever. So they had a new gentleman come into, into the congregation, and she was watching him real close. And she went driving by, and she saw his truck parked in front of a bar. So when it came the church, it, well, it was parked in front of the bar. So she goes ahead that Sunday morning and tells, did you see the new guy? His truck was parked in front of the bar. You know what type of people go to the bar. A sinner, you know, just went raving and wild. And, and she went up to the guy and says, you! You are the one. You, you sinner. You, you got to get yourself straightened up. He just looked at her, turned around, walked away. And she's ranting and raving, telling everybody, we've got to get this guy cleaned up. You know, just get him. So that night, he drove his car, his truck in front of her house, walked home. Some of you, some, 
some of you, hmm? She was insinuating that wherever his truck was, it was a bad deal. He just parked his truck in front of her house and let, let, the, let the neighbors talk. Oh, dear. I forgot it. I have this French you. Praise the Lord. That highly impressed my husband. Thank God we don't have any of those here. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was a good one. Father, we just thank you for the privilege that we have this morning to understand defilement and evil report, and we don't want any part of this. So, God, I pray that you share with each one of those in the congregation this week areas, Father God, that if they are defiled, what we've gone over, there are any areas. So when we come next weekend, we will be ready and prepared to completely be set free from this once and for all. And we thank you, Father, for the word. We thank you for the worship this morning. We thank you for healing in people's bodies. And I ask, Father God, that you bless each one of my brothers and sisters super abundantly above all that they could dare ask or think or believe for this week. And everyone said, Amen.